three, buddy. Act three. Act three. Yes, buddy, my friend. It is time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film podcast to casually mosey on down to the long-awaited, often-imitated, but never-duplicated third and final act. And just to be clear, for those of you who might not be in the know, the third and final act of the movie is when we finally and eventually get around to discussing our all-new, all-natural movie of the week. And this week, we continue our summer-long celebration of actor Fred Willard by discussing Gilda Radner, Madeline Kahn, and Buck Henry with a look at the long-forgotten 1980 comedy, with finger quotes, First Family. Before we discuss this easily forgettable film, Let's visit our Fred Willometer to see just how much Fred Willard is in this film. And Jesus Christ, Bunny. Yes. Once again, once again, Fred Willard pops up at exactly five minutes into this movie. (laughs) This is the third movie in a row where Fred Willard has popped up five minutes into it. So, uh... Uh, I'll Believe You, Waiting for Guffman, and First Family are the three movies in a row so far where Fred Willard has popped up at exactly the, the five-minute mark. And it's the yes. fourth film out of nine Fred Willard films that we have done this summer where he pops up five minutes into it. So, Freddy Five yes. is a nickname that my wife came up with for Fred Willard, and I think that it's a good, they probably called him that on the set. Oh, here comes Freddie Five. Well, that, that I minute. think would be his his rap name. You know? Freddie Five. Like, his mafia name would be Freddie Five Minutes. Yeah. You know, yeah. It would be That's the whole thing for his name. mafia name. Yeah. In the film, Fred Willard plays Chief of Staff Feebleman. Way to telegraph your characterizations, Buck Henry. (laughs) It's not the most Fred Willard we've gotten this summer, but I did like the scene 17 minutes in where Rip Torn talks with Fred Willard while Gilda Radner escapes via bed sheets because it reminded me of what just happened here in Oklahoma. There was a prison in Oklahoma City, and two convicts escaped from the 12-story window by fucking attaching bedsheets, like Gilda Radner in this week's movie. 72 bedsheets. Tied together, smashed a window out from the 12th floor, climbed down the, 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 the rapist, <sighs> fell when he got to the 4th floor, broke his leg. And he early on, but the murderer managed to make it down... And it was like an entire day of manhunt, and they finally found him that evening. But like bed sheets, bed sheets, like, yeah. You're, like you're a cartoon character. Yeah, you yeah. go splat, don't climb to the floor. I mean, I guess it was a risk. It, idiocy, like supreme in this fucking state. That's what happens when you purchase the Anarchist Cookbook, the new version written <laughs> by Anderson. Wes Anderson's anarchist, handmade anarchist cookbook. 
Yeah, that's that's how you figure that out. But yeah, uh, Gilda Radner escaping from the White House so that she can get laid is uh, obviously uh, the prisoners, the rapists and murderers in Oklahoma City, huge first family fans. Yes. I think is I really what think, we can now. I really think that all of all of the blame has to be laid at Buck Henry's feet on this one, man. I mean, yeah. you've got yeah. talented people in this movie. A shit ton of talent. This movie has talent coming out of its ass. Okay, so I've got a picture here. So we've got the guy from Westworld. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, his name is Richard Madeline Kahn. Madeline Kahn. We've got uh, Max from the Muppet movie. Yeah. We've got uh, uh, Bob Newhart, Gilda Frickin' Radner, and there's uh, uh, Fred Willard there on the yes. right, for those of you who might be watching this. It's an incredible goddamn cast. Yeah. Madeline mm-hmm. Kahn is so rec- unrecognizable in Clue that I forget that she's in it. Yeah. As Mrs. White. Because she's got that, like, black wig, and she's dressed, like, all, like, like, sultrily. Yeah. But, like, I forget that she's in Clue, but she's amazing. Flames! 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 On the side of my face. On my face! This has an amazing cast. Why is this, why has everyone forgotten this movie? Mm-hmm. Bunny, you're and there are even a lot of thoughts. Even if you like listen to it, like some of the jokes were funny, but they just dropped like fucking lead balloons. It was like, like you you didn't laugh, but you could kind of be like, oh, I can kind of see where that that was funny. You know yeah. what I mean? But nothing yeah. to like laugh about. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like the woman screaming when his head came off. When the, his dummy head came off. Yeah. I found yeah. that kind of entertaining. And, and I was expecting. Was like a glimpse of what this movie wanted to be, but wasn't. Yeah. I was expecting a, a, a madcap. Uh, uh, comedy or perhaps a muted Bob Newhart comedy. I wasn't expecting a a fairly racist comedy which primarily starred Gilda Radner as the president's horny daughter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There were periods of this movie where she had, uh, where I thought she would have a lot more screen time than the actual freaking president. Yeah. And then I thought maybe this was going to be like a wacky romp because freaking, oh, what's his name is in it? Um, Harvey Corman's in it. Yeah. So I was thinking Americathon or the Star Wars Holiday Special. It's going to get all wacky and shit. But like, no, not at all. All it was was a fairly muted racist comedy that forgot to put in laughs. Uh Uh-huh. You know? 
it, it's like nobody's heart was in this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, like, like when you try to make a joke at a funeral, it yeah. might be a, it might be a funny joke, but you're probably not going to get the reaction that you're expecting. That's kind yeah. of what this movie was like a joke at the fucking funeral. Cause again, like I could kind of see how things were supposed to be funny. You know, him being dressed yeah. up as George Washington, that was supposed to be funny. You know, all the guys in the costumes, you know, although Rip Torn made a really hot turkey, but yeah. you could see it was supposed to be funny, but it just was all just laying flat. Like there was no comic timing or, or anything going on. It's like it was trying so hard to be a parody that it for that it just forgot to be funny. Mm-hmm. Like like if Weird Al Yankovic said, "I am going to do a parody album of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band," but the stress was so much on him that he just covered the album. Yes. And didn't make it funny in any way. That's how I felt that this was. We're going to parody the first family and it's like, oh, you did it. You just forgot to put in jokes. (laughs) (laughs) For a a while there, I I saw Rip Torn and he's like the, the lieutenant commander, whatever the fuck. And then I started thinking like, because you have a lot of time to think in this movie because you don't have to pay attention to it because nothing happens. So I'm watching the movie and I'm like, huh, Rip Torn is like an army colonel lieutenant. Yeah. I feel like he's played that before. Let me go through his career and see how many times he's played a lieutenant. Oh, wait a second. I see a lot of doctors here. Okay, well, I'll make a list of all the time Rip Taylor played a doctor or lieutenant. Oh, wait see a lot of police officers here. Okay, let me make a list of all the times he was a police and all the times he was a doctor, and all the times he was some sort of colonel or lieutenant. And then I stopped making that list, and I'll tell you why I stopped making that list. That would have made me the one person in America who has thought the most about Rip Torn. Yes! <laughs> That's why I stopped making that list. It was going to be a good list, but then it's like, it, why would I spend so much of my time on Rip Torn, you know? One of the amazing things about Rip Torn that I find is that no matter where you see Rip Torn, you always perceive him as being old. Yes. Yes, very much if so. You, if you, like, even looking back and thinking about this movie, my brain is telling me Rip Torn was old. But when I was watching the movie, he was like, maybe he'd like just got into his thirties. Yeah. He was, he was not old, but still he was old. Yeah. Fun fact. If you ever saw the movie, Freddy got fingered and watched it all the way through, you legally never have to think about Rip Torn again. <laughs> you paid your rip torn penance, and now you're in the clear. You're just in the clear. Uh, 
the review from Time Magazine film critic Richard Corliss said, quote, what is the sound of one man not laughing? Yes. And that is an accurate review, I feel, of this film. So, buddy, why don't you hit us with some, some plot? Because you're so good at this, as well, we've already established throughout the episode. Why don't you hit us with the plot of First Family? The president has a very horny daughter. She is 28 years old, and she is she is still a virgin because she can't date because, well, now her father's president. Before that, he was senator, and before that, he was congressman, you know. And she is now 28, and she's extremely horny, and she's trying to escape from the White House to get laid. <laughs> trying to uh, the background and then we get into the strange African nation which which yes I found I found very racist huh extremely racist yes extremely racist and like and like not like some like some things you look back on and you may perceive it as racist, like like Blazing Saddles is a good example. You may perceive it as racist, but you have to ask yourself, was it racist at the time? Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What? It was racist, and they knew it. They did it on purpose, just like all in the family. Right. Okay. Um, but this was like so obviously racist that I, I can't see how it was it was ever correct. Yeah, yeah. you know, no. this was a, a primitive African tribe that eventually winds up kidnapping a white woman. Yeah, you know. I, I, the one part that I thought that the movie could have gotten good is the fact that they were doing a, a trade agreement and uh, the African country wanted a few hundred white Americans to come live in their country so that they could be the oppressed minority. And yes. I thought, okay, I like you can have fun with this, but then like it went nowhere. Yeah. And nothing happened. Yeah, that but it was, it was the like, part that I got like fucking hell yeah, send some white people to go be oppressed in this. But it was like country. a little too little, a little too late. I kind of felt it was yeah. like, uh, you took a shot at redeeming yourself, but you really just didn't quite make it. Yeah, and then I'm going to all these websites and, and to try to find information about this movie, and there's not a lot out there. But all of the websites said uh, Madeline Kahn as the drunk first lady. And it's like, wait, she was supposed to be drunk? That was badly written if she was supposed to be a drunk. Yeah. You know, because, like, I didn't get that at all. Well, they would show her taking a drink here or there. 
Yeah, but like, if you are making a comedy and you're supposed to have a drunk first lady, I expect you to Harvey Corman it. Uh-huh. But not even Harvey Corman was Harvey Corman it in this movie. No. So, I I always liked that old Warner Brothers logo from the 70s. I yeah. always liked seeing that logo. And then Joaquin Phoenix's white male rage take on the Joker ruined it for me. <laughs> so now I'm starting this movie and I see that logo is all I can think is just fuck Joaquin Phoenix so hard I like 2019 <laughs> better when it was called every movie from the 70s yeah this is me off Joaquin I how it's pronounced how it should be pronounced. His first name is Joa Quinn, and his last name is Phoenix, but he doesn't deserve that last name. From <laughs> now on, you can call him Joa Quinn Yuma, Joa Quinn Mesa, Joa Quinn Apache Junction, or my favorite, Joa Quinn Tucson. But not Phoenix. He doesn't get Phoenix. But this film was written and directed by Buck Henry a legendary screenwriter and sometimes actor. He uh, uh, created Get Smart and wrote Get Smart with Mel Brooks. And he he wrote the movie Candy, The Owl and the Pussycat, What's Up Doc, Day of the Dolphin. He acted in a ton of shit. Uh, Will and Grace, 30 Rock, Law and Order. Even Cowgirls Get the Blues, which is fucking weird. Uh, <laughs> he was in Defending Your Life, which we covered in episode 85. Yes, I looked we it did. I thought it was sooner than that, but it was not, apparently. And in the first five years of SNL, he hosted 10 times. Which is like where I was first ever introduced with Buck Henry. But I do still, I still stand by my claim that Buck Henry is a Hunter S. Thompson wannabe. Yeah, I can feel that. So... This is how I feel this movie came about. Again, there's no information about this because no one remembers this movie. Poor Gilda Radner. Hollywood did not treat her well. No. No. She's an amazing comedian and actress. And then when she went to Hollywood, we just didn't know what to do with her. You know? Yeah. Like, like poor, poor her. Anywho, Buck Henry. So Buck Henry, he co-directed the 1978 Warren Beatty film Heaven Can Wait. Yeah. So Buck Henry co-directed with notorious control freak Warren Beatty, uh, Dick Tracy, and that film was nominated for nine Academy Awards, including Best Picture and Best Director, uh, but lost both to The Deer Hunter. Well, after being nominated for Best Director, 
his first time out, of course, that means that Buck Henry is a successful director now and has to follow it up with another film. That's this movie. Oh. It's like, oh, if you liked Heaven Can Wait, just wait for my next directorial feature. An amazing cast of characters and a wacky premise. You're going to love my new movie. Well, they didn't. Um, The film, uh, $15 million at the box office and managed to nab one of the most lukewarm positive reviews ever, for from our podcast's favorite bitchy movie reviewer, deceased New York Times reviewer Vincent Canby. Okay. I've got the review and I want to read it to you. According to <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, this is a positive review. Want to make that clear that Rotten Tomatoes says that this is a this is a positive review. Okay, yes. money? Okay. Um, this film has sequences that are side-splittingly funny, others sublimely cheerful, and still others that, like the movie itself, simply doesn't know how to end. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So, so that's, that's apparently a, a super successful review. Yeah. Uh, the film sort of the, runs The costumes, out. look. See, they mentioned the costumes. Yeah. That's the positive. costumes were very realistic, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, that's a rave review, according to uh, Rotten Tomatoes. The film was not a hit, and Buck Henry never again directed a film after this. Thank this was God his for that. last directorial film. He still wrote some really good shit, though. I didn't realize that he wrote to die for. There was a small period in time when I was obsessed with that film. Yeah. That's the one where Nicole Kidman gets 15-year-old Joaquin Tucson to kill her husband. Uh-huh, okay. Loved that movie for a while, for whatever reason. So here's my favorite stat from this movie, okay? Uh, Madeline Kahn, a genius, she plays Gilda Radner's mother. So let's go over the, uh, the, the, the stats on this one. Bob Newhart was 51 years old when he moved. Madeline Kahn was 38. Gilda Radner was 34. So Gilda Radner's mother was four years older than she was in this film. <laughs> I love that so much. Apparently, the, this film's ending was reshot just two weeks before the movie's release at a great cost because apparently test audiences hated the original ending. And because this film was such a bomb, and because this film was so unremembered, I can't find any fucking record on the internet of what the original ending was. But does it matter? I don't I think, don't think so. so. I can only assume that in the original ending, the entire first family is killed. But that's just my guess. That would be a good idea. Because the ending was pretty uh, confusing. That like, yeah. what... 
We're gonna pretend that they resurrected? Uh-huh. Like, it, it, I don't know. And also, I watched all of the credits. Why the fuck was this movie rated R? <laughs> I was so confused by that. A rated R movie with this cast. I expected a lot more cussing and, and, and shit. But like, oh my god, this is a P this is this is easily a PG thirteen movie. Yes. Oh god, yes. But this shit got an R. I'm trying to think of like what the hell? What it's makes this the rated R movie? Because uh, Gilda Radner's horny? Is that the only reason why this movie was rated R? Well, don't we see the cop on the statue for like a second? For like a second? Yeah. Well, it, that's a bullshit reason for this movie to be rated R. Maybe that's movie bombed. But anyway, yeah, so that's 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 all I got for this week's movie, which I do think is probably longer than anyone else has ever talked about this movie. Oh, yes, by far. I've been even, even Bob Newhart. Does it. And this movie is barely on Bob Newhart's Wikipedia. <laughs> According to Gilda Radner's Wikipedia, I'm not even sure if this movie even existed, but... There you go. I struggled for so hard to find this movie and eventually found it on archive.org only because it's a VHS rip. This is a direct rip uh -huh. of the original VHS of it. So, hooray! First family. This movie sucks. This movie does why this movie is Yeah. I, I, I will say... I did like uh, Buck Henry's uh, 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 like weird hippie priest character. Yeah, that appears in just one scene a little bit, and the, it was nice to see a priest go. This beautiful first family of ours. Now that's a family that's got its shit together. <laughs> so if you could just send them good vibes. Yeah. Like. Yeah, but movie's a big misfire. There's just, I mean, come on. This fucking cast, you can't make this a funnier movie? Shit. Yeah. Just, just take Harvey Corman off his leash, <laughs> you know? Take them Fuck. all off of their leash. Yeah, goddamn. This, Anyone this in this movie is capable of, of a good comedy. Yeah. Pretty sad. But that's but that's it. That's it for this week's movie. Next week, uh, I'm gonna watch a we're gonna watch a movie that I have only seen once in theaters, and I remember not liking. I remember being upset at myself for not liking it. I, I, I can't even tell you who Fred Willard is in this film because I we're watching Christopher Guests for your consideration. Okay, it's his I believe third or fourth uh, mockumentary, and in no way as well beloved as his other films like Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show, 
even mascots. This is the one film where he was like, okay, maybe people are tired of my shtick and I'm going to stop making these movies for a while. I haven't uploaded it yet on our uh, cough cough, but I'll be doing that after this. But okay, but yeah, for your consideration, I know Fred Willard's in it. I don't remember how he's in it or how long he's in it. Or I remember shit from but, this film. So we're but, gonna watch it, see if it's. But just to be on the safe side, not to miss the Willard. Pay attention to the five minute mark. Yes, yes. I I don't think he's in it five minutes in, but still, we'll see. We will yeah. see if Freddy Five can uh, repeat itself. So that's next week. Now, a we'll all, next week we'll also be talking about um, the Taco Bell and tiki culture. We will be talking about that next week as well. But now that I'm looking back at this week, uh, oh man, the highs, the lows. Nicholas Cage, General Spanky. Yes. Uh, Heaven Can Wait. Nicole Kidman's to Die For. I gotta say, I think this has been a pretty good episode. This has been a damn good episode. Okay, I, good. I, I, I felt the same way, but I didn't want to step on your toes because like you're the one who makes that decision but uh you know yes i concur i concur with your assessment good sir yes so until next week i am bunny williams and i am reverend steve and on behalf of eleanor natasha maxwell and everybody else i just want to say thanks for listening and we will see you next week you godless heathens. And you sins. And poopy too. Alright, and poopy toots. Thanks, Eleanor. Cut and print.